It's December 31st, 2014. Happy New Year! This is Idle Thumbs 191, and I'm Jake Rodkin, alone in this room. As we said last week, and as evidenced by my being alone in this room, everyone's out for the New Year's, they're on break, so what we're going to do this week is play you guys a special episode of Idle Thumbs that we did for uh, an online magazine called Matter. You can find it at medium.com slash matter. Uh, go check it out. It's a great site. They asked us to do a special episode of Idle Thumbs that talks about what is the best game of all time. Not the greatest game, but the best game. And spoiler alert, we don't really, we don't, we don't actually get into like lists of top games and argue their merits and stuff, which obviously is moot because we all know that the best game of all time is Christmas Lemmings. But we thought that the discussion was pretty good, so we put it together for you guys for our New Year's episode as well. So check it out and stick around till the end. Thanks. Happy New Year. See you guys next week and next year. Thanks. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And this is a one-off episode of Idle Thumbs, a weekly video game podcast you can find at idlethumbs.net. We do it every week. We talk about all kinds of video games and other things that have nothing to do with video games. But this time, we are here to discuss a question that has been posed to us, which is, what is the best, not the greatest, but the best video game of all time? And I think to do that, we have to first have some kind of baseline discussion about what that means what including that cl emphasized clause not the greatest but the best what does that mean sean i feel like you've thought about this more than any of us because, because i wrote it a down. typed piece of paper in front of you okay i think best is ever changing is what i think Ow. this is in the way that like beyonce is the best no, it's pop it's, star or it's, something, right? Like and that that is the, a fluid thing. It's like if you went to the doctor. Oh, what if they said you're the best around? Nothing's ever going to get you down. You would say, "I need a new doctor." You <laughs> go, "My doctor is an asshole." Okay, it's like going to the doctor and saying, "What is the best food?" Like your nutritional needs are actually what oh. determines what is the best food okay. for you in particular. Right, sure. He'd be like, you need to eat avocados because whatever. You okay. need to, like, whatever. You really need to, your iron deficiency, the best food. Ah, Does okay. that make sense? So, like, so th th when you say best, you mean the superlative of good, as in a social good. I feel that way now about video games because I feel like video games they need, it. need an ambassador right. that can, in, the, in, in the shape of... What's you're saying? What is like the best medicine? Because not to cure video games, but... But to cure I, humanity. Like, you're saying the video game that we need, not the video game we deserve. I, no, I do think that's, that, that is, for me, when this question was posited, that was the first place I went. And maybe it's an insular opinion about being in the video game industry and wanting to share video games with people who maybe have only played things like dabbled or played things a long time ago and want to like get into them. Yeah. I feel like we're still in that moment. Be like that is the year, the, the year of 2014 has been inside the video game culture versus outside the video game culture. Like and there are conversations okay, sure. happening inside the culture that I think don't happen outside of the culture. Cause that's definitely true they because people aren't even aware they exist outside. Right. The culture. So I think the best game is a game that would like broaden has the potential to broaden the audience. Do you do you think that to be the best video game, it has any responsibility to the existing body of people who already care about video games? 
Um, of whom we are all, you know, we're all among those, that I number. I don't. My knee jerk reaction is to say no, in that for a media to thrive, it must separate itself from the whims of its audience. You're, but you're still, but you're still talking about an audience. I'm more talking about people Can, who I'm trying to. I guess I am talking about an audience that I think it should reach outside of its insular culture. Yeah, I think that's an important aspect of the game. I, I see what you're getting at. I don't know how I feel about it entirely because I. I take your point about the state video games are in mm -hmm. relative to their ability to reach, you know, a certain mass of people. But I also think if I were to talk about the best film or the best book or the best painting or something, or the, you know, the best uh, album or the best whatever, mm -hmm. I would have to take into consideration certainly like people who love books and people who love music and people who love film. I think you, of course, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. All I am saying is, the health of a of a art form or uh, that's you know i don't want to get into the video games art form conversation a creative medium a medium yeah, sure the, he the health of a creative medium must be taken into context when discussing what is its best product i think and i feel like in a world where everybody like, holds painting in a certain regard or holds music instead of a certain regard or holds rock music or hip-hop or pop music in a certain regard it has a healthy and confident place when inside of a cultural discourse. There are a lot of forms that I think are already past the point where that could even potentially apply, right. like poetry or opera mm -hmm. or at this point, jazz, probably. Well, those things that have like been they extremely were vibrant, but like, right. And, and right. I feel like at that point, if you're talking about the best, it would be impractical or possibly not feasible at all to consider what is the best one to expand the audience? Because probably that audience is contracting or stagnant enough mm -hmm. that you're not going to get, there's still lots to talk about, right. but, but within the audience of people who, you know, care about it. I mean, for me, I think I was going to say, I shouldn't say what is the best to expand the audience, but something to be considered. Like one of the criteria okay. All right. should be it's, it's either historical, like, like empirical reach or, Okay, sure. Making so Tetris could be right, or making a good argument or for an uh, for or making it exactly right, or making a good argument for a un, the unfulfilled potential of its reach. Right, Mario. Well, Mario has a, a huge reach. I mean, exactly. You know, it'd be. Uh, but how much bigger could Mario get? Sort of as like right. as a character, <laughs> well, if he eats a, as an intellectual. Like mushroom. Mushroom. He gets twice as big <laughs> if he eats a mushroom. If he, you play the DS one, he gets. He's like, like four or like five times as big. Bigger, yeah. Man, he's huge in that one. Just stomping. Just, <laughs> just knocks things over all over the place. So when I thought about this question, I came I, – I, my immediate – my brain jumped to a totally different place than yours, which was – How cool is Teenage it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the original Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System. It was so hard. Hands down. It's challenging. <laughs> it's got your favorite characters, the Ninja Top Turtles. Down, then so, side-scrolling well, combines two different So modes. that is like – what is the best video game? It bests you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. There's probably hard. better examples than that, but we'll use that as, as yeah. today's example. So the, the, where my brain went was sort of what video game is the best at being a video game. Wow. I was thinking, like, <laughs> what is the video game that best exemplifies... Jake is going to jump all over this. What video game best exemplifies the form video game? Like, that is uh, the okay, most okay, video okay. game, the, right? It requires a video game to deliver this emotional or intellectual payload right right and hope and like if it does so the in the most sublime way so not maybe that is the best video game so, so spelunky 
Yes. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's like, the next segment. Sorry. You could, you could reduce that way farther down to another game that we talked about a lot, which is something like Quop. But you, I thought you were going to say. Oh, sure. Yeah. The thing that I was going to say to ruin your conversation was that you were uh, was going to pretend that you were discussing which video game had the most video game in it. What is game? What game is that? I don't know. Like probably, Skyrim? Probably Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> GTA V? Still Minecraft, probably. Minecraft. By volume. In, in right? Minecraft, yeah. you yeah. make the video game as you play Dwarf it. Fortress. Did you ever wish, Chris, that you could oh, simulate true. the like Mines of Moria from Lord of the Rings to such an immaculate detail that like people have like mites in their beard and stuff, and that makes them mad? Someone thought that. Someone did, and then they A made A computer thought that, and it just spontaneously happened in Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> A person didn't even need to think that. It just No, occurred. sorry. So you were going to, you were going to talk about... Uh, in the abstract, no, I need but to I hear. Think that's I a need... really so. I mean, I think that's a valid criterion because I think if you're willing to combine those two, I mean, that's yeah. Minecraft. If we right. take the intersection point between our two mm-hmm. criteria, it's got to be Minecraft, right? I that mean, is such, upon, that is so at unique glance. at first glance. Sure, yeah. I guess if we're thinking in the modern, in the current context, because right. I because then you could go to Tetris, you could go to, you know, you could, well, you could if you're going go historically, lesser, you could also. I mean, maybe go to lesser known games, you know, that maybe have the potential to have been sure Minecraft the Sims. Well, lesser known games. No. One of the greatest selling games I know, of all time. I know. I feel like the the Sim Star has waned a bit in, in like recent years music. relative to its <laughs> to its heyday. But but uh, <laughs> or Sim City for that matter. It feels like because this conversation instantly went to two very they set a very high standard. Things like, yeah, mine didn't for what it's worth. But we can get to me in a second. Oh, sure. you have oh. something. My best is just the most subjective and personal one, which is... A Luigi is in it. No, okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> the best games are probably Wall ones Luigi's which feature Luigi or Waluigi if you really want to just get down to the, yeah. to the, to the best of the best. But what are, what are the criteria of just games that I could come back to over and over again forever? Because that, for me, is the best game. Not the greatest game, but the best game. That's like, if, okay. I, if, okay. you, fair. if sure. you ask yeah, yeah, someone, yeah. Fair. that's like, the thing that I was thinking about is just, if you ask someone, what is the best film to you versus what is a great film? Where you're like, oh, Casablanca, right. Apocalypse Now. Where it's like, what's a good film? Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Right? Like, yeah. that's a, it's a different metric. Clue. 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 Sure. Fair. Clue. Yeah. Um, and for me, for like a decade of my life, that was almost famous of all things. Oh, man. Yeah. Of course. I watched, I've seen that movie a hundred times. Yeah. It is not the greatest movie. <laughs> and you've walked into every barber since then and been like, give me the almost famous. I really wanted that when I was I know. You're yeah, still kind of, there's still bits and pieces in when there. I, when That's I let it grow I'm, too long, it I ends up there. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, <laughs> there was a period in my life where that was just it, right? Not the greatest movie. It was my and, best movie. But just, I think yeah, for that enough. criteria, that then becomes 100% subjective. Like for someone, mm-hmm. it could be Mario Kart for the Nintendo 64 because it's the game where you can have four of your friends. It's really approachable. It's got happy characters. Or it could be like, Grim Fandango is sweeping film noir or whatever. So your you argument every is year that the conversation is actually, what is the best game is akin to what is the song you lost your virginity to? Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I was going to start Garth being Brooks rude. up in the wind. But let's go. Probably not a lot of uh, virginities lost to a video game. But if they're lo- <laughs> the opposite, actually, it's probably Double Dragon too. There's <laughs> <laughs> a game to lose your virginity to. It's Bad Dudes too. <laughs> Renegade. Right. Um. That's all I got. So you don't, you, you don't I didn't think a lot about it because I thought, oh, that's obviously just where the best video game comes from. It comes from whatever your personal experiences no, that makes sense. tell you the best video game is because it's mm-hmm. the one that you want to come back to just to be comfortable or to, you know, put yourself in a past time or whatever, just like it's the game that you just play. Games are very broad in what they can be, but one of the things that they, I think, can be more than most other sort of discrete pieces of entertainment is hobbies, mm-hmm. right? Like, Minecraft 
is a hobby. The Sims is a hobby in a way that no book or movie can be until they're an infinitely multi, you know, platform transmedia but even property. Then, right? But even like then, people it's who still... Are super, who are like Harry Potter or Star Wars yeah. are just super fan. The hobby aspect of games is something that I think, Jake, allows your criterion to be... You know, you can make a strong case for it, right? Because you say these are things you spend potentially hundreds and hundreds of right, hours re Rereading a book that you like or rewatching a film that you like is very different than being into, like, the Harry Potter fandom or something. That's closer to, like, addiction to me. Like, you're just addicted to that specific piece of mm -hmm. content as opposed to just... But games do that even more powerfully. But that's that's still... Sure, so do slot machines, but that's like you don't go back to a favorite slot machine unless you're addicted, where you can go back to a favorite game the way you can go back to any other medium. Mm -hmm. You know, um, It's true, but I think the way you engage with it is more continuous in games. Sure. When you reread a book, the book still starts and ends. I mean, you might immediately start it again after you finish it, but mm -hmm. you know that's really specific behavior, whereas you can just sit down in front of a game and just play it indefinitely if it's that kind of game. That's true. It depends on the sort of game. It does, you can does play, depend on the you game, play right? an adventure game or if a game with a single-player campaign yes, to completion you definitely or to, uh, to your favorite chapter point. For sure. I'm admittedly still fixated on a game that you lose your virginity to, and the picture that came to my <laughs> mind was, I was like, what is the most practical example of that? And I think that it would be Guitar Hero or Rock Band, yeah. or oh, a, so a song yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's your song, or it's a song that like sets a mood. Yeah. You start making out. The thing about that would be hilarious about that, though, is that in Guitar Hero and Rock Band, if you stop playing the instruments, the it song eventually falls that, away. And then that, it, that, right, it just it plays. You just hear, like, the audience going, uh, like, just sort of yeah. general. They start booing, don't they? Yeah, they eventually yeah. start booing, and then it goes, Bruh. So, like, that moment was probably ruined, unless they were playing on no-fail mode. So the game most likely to lose your virginity <laughs> to is Actually, Rock Band on no-fail mode. Okay, the best situation is there's two of you, right? You're doing vocals and guitar, those are the things right. that drop out. you just get a funky You're bass and a the drum. Bass, the drum set. Yeah. And the crowd cheering you on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best game, apparently. Any rock band or guitar hero game on, that uh, supports on no, no fail, fail mode. mode. It's the best game, apparently, to lose your virginity to? This is... We're off book for Idle Thumbs podcast right now, but... Uh... We've come up with our, our rubrics... Right, our potential rubrics for some. Best some game. would argue we solved it, but maybe not. Maybe not everyone. <laughs> we came up with a. We made a case of some kind for a particular game. Right, Sean, you, you put forth your theory here, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, the games that kept coming up, maybe because I kept bringing them up, were Minecraft mm -hmm. and Spelunky. Well, in my case, oh. Spelunky. In your case, Minecraft. Yeah. You know, stuff like Tetris and The Sims. I think right. got tossed in there a couple times. Do you have? Is there a candidate that you? <sighs> I mean, so I was I. I kind of rolled around on this, and then the conversation. And I me think off GTA it. would have to go in there, right? And that's your... what I was. I don't want GTA because of the creative choices that are made for it to be in the conversation because I think it limits itself through its political lens, um, in a really unfortunate way. Sure. But I do kind of want to make a case for something like a GTA. The mechanical things GTA has on offer, though, are are it's a potential yeah, sphere. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, its theme and mechanic intersect nicely, right? But there's stuff inside of its theme that's just like, in not necessary, in limiting, and and sophomoric, and and not as smart as it thinks it is, and I sure. think ultimately hurtful. But I think I want to make an argument for something like a GTA or even a Half Life. But mm. Half-Life, it's like the intersection of Doom and a great movie, mm. you know, and it yeah, feels yeah. too much like 
meets meets. Okay, I get so that. So you, know. you would you would argue maybe in favor of something like Far Cry Two. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's in the conversation. I don't. I think uh, that's in my conversation. I think it's more than the yours. conversation. I think starring Gene Hackman. I think if you're going to be a new listener to Idle Thumbs, you'll notice that the Idle Thumbs site of idlethumbs.net slash Idle Thumbs is all Far Cry Two themed still. <laughs> so I I think if we're if we're looking at your question from a if we're including the historical view, I do think the original Super Mario Brothers has to be has to be a factor. I think that was the game that brought all people in the family all playing the same thing. The triumph of Super Mario Brothers for the NES was really taking ideas that had already been tested in yeah, a bunch of definitely. different different environments, whether it was the arcade or the Atari, and just doing and it synthesizing better. them the best, and just sure. doing it the best. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's obviously a cornerstone, but that doesn't know if that makes it the best game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it makes it. Yeah, I was. I guess I was yeah. going by your kind of ambassadorial right, bent. Right. That's another. That's a deep dive for a later podcast. Talking sure. About the, it's probably Tetris on the Game Boy because I saw <clears throat> Steve that, Wozniak that playing huge. it once on an airplane. You've seen Steve Wozniak more than once. I've seen Steve Wozniak playing Tetris on an airplane and once with me, <laughs> and we saw him with sick wraparound black shades um and a, and a bike helmet riding on a segway through golden gate park with a woman dressed in the exact same outfit exact same outfit like <laughs> same old navy like tech vest thing it was amazing got it all yeah same yeah same 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 Chris. so yeah so I, oh, is this what we're gonna hear about the this, moss mouth obviously is? i'm gonna talk about spelunky it, it yeah, is, i think you have it's, to. it's so much part of what's going on now i think in games in that it takes all of these properties that traditionally would be really kind of inside baseball, really hardcore random generation and really unforgiving rules and permanent death. You know, when you die, that's it. You have to start all over from the beginning. Physics interactions between many different components in the level, but in a way that's very comprehensible and not overwhelming to understand, even if it's overwhelming to play sometimes. All these things that I, I think are traditionally associated with games that are very exclusionary um you know roguelikes but mm-hmm. it feels like it has struck such a nerve i mean it feels like it is it is like lightning in a bottle you know all the things is. that you're saying about spelunky you could use to describe flappy bird i think flappy bird was fantastic i would say flappy bird is actually the best game Go. and like all things that are the best it is now gone so we can <laughs> only think about flappy bird in terms of its memory speaking of signs of the times jake flappy bird is back but in a form called Flappy Bird's Family, exclusively available for the Amazon Fire TV. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know what case? I, what Flappy you Bird are. Family is your best game. I would say there. Yes, uh, given that Flappy Bird is no longer available, I would say Flappy Bird's Family for the Amazon Fire TV is the best game. We solved it, guys. Good job, man! Wow, you really did your homework. It's probably Blast Core for the N64, though. That game is so good. I love that game so much. I'm just really depressed now because I haven't actually gone back and played a game that I've loved uh, in like years. I used to just play old adventure games. Most based on my own criteria for best, the yeah, game that yeah. I've played the be- the most is Full Throttle, the LucasArts adventure game. I'm a simple person with simple likes. I've been playing. I play Full Throttle every few years. I play whatever Mario's out. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jake, you win. I win overall because your way of determining what is the best game is effectively the way we all determined our best games, which is we picked the definition 
of best game that we each liked the most and then just used that. In conclusion, full throttle or no fail rock band, right? Done. Spelunky, Christmas Lemmings. A gen- it won't, our answers won't matter because an entire generation of children is being raised to only ever answer Minecraft to this question. It's true. So whatever we just decided, uh, I think it's clear that it is definitive and conclusive. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, we do a video game podcast every week at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Uh, we host a number of other shows on there as well at idlethumbs.net. Uh, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. If you love us, rate us on iTunes. Ha ha ha. That's not what that owl sounds like. That's not what he sounds like here. Uh, I'm just going to quickly wrap this up, then you can make your sounds. Okay. <laughs> you can make your sounds. Josh. Yeah. Does he say Luke, I'm your father? He does not no, say Luke. He just says, I am your father, says, right? He says, Obi-Wan, he says, Luke, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. I and then he says, father. I am your father. Yes. Yeah. I think he underlines the I. I, yes. Yeah. It's me, your dad. I wonder what it was like to see Empire Strikes Back in that theater. I think your face was ripped off by that existing in that. I think so. Do you, uh, Mike, the question I would posit is if Star Wars, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi came out today... And the scripts were like the same. in a post-Star Wars world, no, basically. No, no. What do you mean? No, I mean, no, in the no, world no. that we are in now... Star Wars never existed, but everything else is the same. Right. Which is impossible cinematically. That's what I mean. I mean, we're effectively... Right. Yeah. If Star Wars like, came out in, in this in a post-Star Wars world. And the scripts were the exact same. Yeah. But they were just, you know... It was J.J. Abrams shot it and everything like that. Or J.J. Abrams directed it or whoever. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like a decent actor, director right. from yeah. today. Would the Empire Strikes Back ending land... I don't know. Or would people just be like, "What a, duh, a twist!" How does dumb. it? What is it? How does it end specifically? Oh, you mean with the father? With him saying, yeah, "I'm your father." Yeah, and then yeah, just I like mean, a- nothing really happens. Han's frozen after that. It's like Han is in carbonite and getting shipped off to Jabba the Hutt. It depends and- because now big fucking planned things are all the rage. You know, yeah, big right. like cliffhanger movie ending. I think it would like- land based on based on Hunger Games two landing. I think that Empire Strikes Back would land. How does that end? Hunger Games two ends with her in like. There's a second Hunger Games in the second one, and all like to make it super brutal. It's all people who have been in it before, but it ends with her like blowing a hole in the roof of what turns out to be the arena. Like she shoots an arrow up into the sky, and it explodes, and then she gets pulled out. It's it's there's no like I'm your father realization, but it's just like it ends with them just saying everything that you know is bullshit. Your home was destroyed, like. We got you out, but not everyone lived. Whatever, whatever. Oh, it's there's just, also it's just, a twist where, like, the, a couple of the people who like run the Hunger Games. It turns out are they actually were actually revolutionaries, like, mm. you know, like an overthrow yeah, of the it, government. It, it, it feels yeah. very much like the end of Empire Strikes Back because it ends with them all yeah. on a ship flying away in this bleak. But state. it was good. Like, I remember yeah. Hunger Games two being good, but it didn't melt my face off. I was like, man, that was a good movie. You know, people who were who are really into that series, especially people who hadn't read but the books, yeah. were like. Oh fuck! I was super into the Hunger it's, Games, it's, but still, I didn't have that sort that of. That seems like, like a different kind of revelation because that's the that is the kind of revelation you've that always happens in a thing that I'm not saying it's not good or wasn't I'm a good version of it. Your father isn't one that would always happen in this thing. Is guess. it? I don't know. I don't know if it would be the main like, villain, the main yeah. like iconic villain of like. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that maybe maybe now the twists are a bigger thing, but I don't think that like in the 
environment that Star Wars was born into. Like, yep. I don't really think that was a thing. It's tough to know because way. the way that that plays, it also doesn't play to the audience at all. Like, it just plays between the two of them. Like, that scene is really yeah. well put together. So you're just For sitting sure. there going, <gasps> I'm yeah. irrelevant in this like, equation, but I'm fucking I, having my mind blown, you know? Ironically, like, even though we... I feel like when people see old... Like, and I, when I say old, I mean like pre 1940s movies with like big, uh, like hilarious string swells when dramatic things happen. Mm-hmm. People make fun of those, but I feel like we're actually currently in just the worst version of that. Yeah. Where every time anything unexpected happens, the music goes apeshit and there's a big bass hit and there's like a. Yeah, people just thing. don't see I mean, the LFE hits. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, yeah, yeah. that. And then there's like <clears throat> every TV show. When they cut, like it was the most over messaged yep. shit ever. And yeah, I, I do feel like, like Lost started that shit. Lost really hammered it. Just that sure. house style of Where the every commercial go yeah, commercially. Yeah. Oh, sh- oh okay. and I yeah, feel like nothing. if you were shooting, even if the script is the same, if you were shooting the Empire Strikes Back today, how could you possibly not have that? Right, like that's what. Yeah, I feel like is. people. Don't, it's a choice that people make that don't. They don't even know they're making. Yeah, because it's so woven in the well, like, Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like if you lived in the forties, postmodern post style. If you lived in the forties yeah. and were watching forties movies, though, you wouldn't notice that that's what the score does because that's just what you're used to film scores. Yeah, doing. well, because you're like now what, you don't notice like the Hans Zimmer version. The pendulum has swung, right? Because because in the seventies. In like American cinema of the seventies, that shit was way down yeah. relative to both before or well, after. Because you're talking about modernist film, that was like a big shift, right? Totally, but yeah. I just mean like I feel like we're back at a high point now. Yeah, we're back in like in a, in a Michael, in like, in a like, Michael like, Bay, JJ Abrams movies are world. Hollywood genre. It's funny because like, like we've been living in the postmodern uh, supposedly for since Star Wars, cinematically speaking. But it is like with the advent of really great effects, and then. Um, perennial franchises yeah. it feels like you're in like in a postmodern plus like well i think i plus, think like bold underlying star wars was interesting because whatever. it was a revitalization and like a reference to old studio movies in an era yeah. when that was not what was going on but now we're not it, it exists now just without the commentary element like star wars jutted out from like the godfather and right. like star wars was kind of a reaction to things yeah but the stuff now that it's just what it is. It's just People what it is. People, it's right, know. exactly. Like Star Wars, in a way, kind of introduced the modern concept of bombast. Like Star Wars was deliberately a revival of older things, but even in their own era, those older things never had the technical level of mastery relative to the environment that Star Wars. Did. I think the Indiana Jones movies are actually the the sort of the best example of this as a through line because the first because Raiders. When Raiders existed, there was no there is no notion of an Indiana Jones movie in quotes. Like what happens in an Indiana Jones yeah, movie? Yeah, that's true. Indiana, Raiders Indiana Jones like, was like it's a serial, but then by yeah. by by Last Crusade, it's like well, an Indiana Jones movie, you got to have a scene that does this, right? That those movies you are know. introduced. I think the roller coaster notion of an action film by more than any any possible example you could think of before them, right? Like, in right, terms it's... of just this constant, like, rise right, and fall. Right, except that in the first they're one, they're always whole... moving through the same. Exactly. They're always yeah, moving yeah, yeah. into a new set. Their right. whole goal, yeah. though, was mm-hmm. to make it feel like you were watching, like, seven single reel shorts yeah, Right, exactly. But, but again, I guess my point is that, I guess, yeah, as I was saying about Star Wars, I think both Star Wars and Indiana Jones did that with such a level of technical mastery that you, you maybe was, like, what those... Older, older serials conjured in your imagination, but definitely not what they right, actually yeah, brought no, to the screen. Because I feel like yeah. if you're if you're sitting down and talking about the script of the Last Crusade, as, outside of the context of what an Indiana Jones movie is, you're talking about no, then we need to move on. To, now they're in the Nazi castle. Yes. Now they're in the desert. Now they're in the whatever. Because you're mapping like 
old cereals to that sort of like progression. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like if you sit down to map out mm, a new Transformers movie, you know, it's like, no, they're fighting downtown and now they're like on the yeah, freeway. Yeah. Oh, now sure. they're here mm-hmm. because movies need to keep moving forward Except as opposed to right. like as a, like a, as a more like, and I think that's what the problem, right? A more entrenched rule. Because that's what these type of movies yeah. are, not yeah. because we're directly referencing a thing. Right. Oh, yeah. but, the, and I yeah. think even within – honestly, I think even within – I'm not enough of a scholar of the form, right, to be able to say this authoritatively. But just as a person who has seen the Indiana Jones movies a bunch of times, to me it feels like even within that series, you see the like progression of that. Like I think Raiders – at this point, Raiders is the only one I really – enjoy watching anymore not that i don't Mm -hmm. like the other ones at all but like if i'm gonna watch an indiana jones movie i'll either watch raiders or i just won't watch one and because even within the context of that three movie series by the end of that series it feels like it is already yeah it's already swung so far in the direction really clever it's still a spielberg Spielberg movie but it feels like the beats are perfunctory more than they are novel Right. Whereas like, when I when Indiana yeah, I guess Raiders I mean, it's almost, just so well done that I forgive it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah sure. no, no, that's, like when that's they fine. when they ride off in the end. Yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. sort of like, okay, it is the actual last crusade. The fourth movie is a crime. You cannot put out a movie called The Last Crusade and then secretly put out a new one. Like yeah. or put out a new one twenty years, thirty, twenty five years later. I don't know, Land Before Time Seven, never in story <laughs> three. <laughs> that's yeah. basically what you're doing. Yeah. You're just basically doing that then. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I guess were... if you include the fourth Indiana Jones movie, that then makes that curve into, like, an exponential curve, where it's like, it's no, Raiders to yeah. Last Crusade, yeah, to Crystal Skulls. Like, well, whoa, now we are sort of, like, time capsule, right? Yeah, of, now, like, now we are in the, in the age of everything is just perfunctory and unsaid and just shitty without oh. even caring about why it's happening. It's going to be so disappointing when film scholars just sit down. Like, that's a, that's a class. Like, that's a class at USC in 2049. The just, logarithmic de- decay of Indiana of, like, Jones? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what yeah. happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously, it's it's a metaphor for the time. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect, given the years those movies came out. Fuck. I will say, I do really. Th- I totally understand what you're saying about them being so well done that it's just like it's a blast. I totally am with you on that. But well, I, I don't do think. But I do think is that way. Raiders of the three, like by a huge margin, feels sweeping in the way that I think the like reference material. That I think it's intended to, given the reference material, right? Like, mm-hmm. when I think of that movie, I think of, like, a huge color palette that is, like, sweeping in a really coherent way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like – this is such a ridiculous comparison to make, but almost like Lawrence of Arabia or something. I was just going to say that. It, was, yeah. it feels like a David Lean movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, feels has, like, like it feels like Lawrence. It feels like, and the music is yeah. such, obviously, like, a callback to that. And this like, is, this is it's got sand goofy. in it, which I know is right, – But it feels like song. Casablanca. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also from a plot standpoint, Raiders hits the – I'm not sure they were talking about this. But I think that Raiders hits the I'm a serial strung together better than any of the other ones because in Raiders, they say, we're going to set out and do this thing. And then they do it, and the movie is like halfway over, and you don't really know where it's going to go after that. Like they I didn't watch arc. Raiders tonight. I haven't seen and then Raiders it's like, like this shit so with the submarine and the Nazi like base, and they're on like that little tramp steamer and stuff. Whereas Last Crusade, they're like, "We're going to get the Holy Grail." I have this Grail diary. It tells us how to do it. Right. This- they go and there's a stopover at the castle to get his dad. But other than that, it's like we're going from point A to point B. That and they get the point. But B. And it's a great journey. The amount of sets in the Last Crusade is insane. Yeah, yeah, but no, I it's true. It, it's like, ill portends for like what movies were just, after that. But I feel like Ra- I feel like Last Crusade did yeah, get away with. That, yeah, Last Crusade is probably fair. like yeah. the knife's edge of this actually. But yeah. oh yeah, like one more whatever. <laughs> in, I saw a yeah. double feature at a drive-in. The only time I've been to a drive-in, it was with my parents. I saw a double feature 
And this was the tipping point happening because I saw Last Crusade and then the next movie was Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> that was it. What is that supposed to that mean? That was the end. Do you I have saw, a point to make you think, last, you think Ghostbusters 2 is the knife edge of sequels? No, I think Ghostbusters 2 was me falling off of it into just shit town. <laughs> that was the end of movies. I don't understand what you're claiming. Okay. Oh, nothing. Just Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. I've never seen Ghostbusters 2. Oh, it's bad. It's uh, Ghostbusters 2 is bad. It's bad. <laughs> Let's just say that the Statue of Liberty gets covered with, uh, like, ectoplasm, and then they plug in an NES Advantage gamepad really? and drive it the through New York. The one with the weird nub? No, that's the uh, that's the NES Max. Oh, right. What's an NES Advantage? <laughs> it's the fight stick one with the big joystick and the huge oh, buttons. I don't and, like, think I've seen button. that. Don't pretty, worry about pretty it. Sick. All right. Anyway, imagine it plugged into the Statue of Liberty to make it walk. <laughs> Ghostbusters <Man>. 2. <laughs> Good. At least it knew its audience. That halfway th- audience was me thinking that was boss when I saw the trailer <laughs> and then seeing it at the theater going, that didn't hold up as well as I would have thought. So that also was a growth moment for me. I like a little 11-year-old Jake saying that exact same sentence, but also bald. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need the Adult Thumb Society, because we would just put that out. Yeah. I had a full head of hair, and uh, barbers were always like... It's true. When you were 11, you did have a full head of but hair. But I mean, like, up By till, 12, you were fucked. Up till basically when I lost my hair... I would. I went to the barber and they're always like, "Oh, you have such a just thick head of hair. You have so much. It's great." <laughs> Can I give you a secret? I love cutting this Can hair. Can I tell you a secret? Hmm. They tell that to everybody. I know, but when you lose your hair, you remember it. I w- when I, I was a kid, I remember. <laughs> oh I, no! When you're Chris a kid, has more you're hair not... than both of us combined. Yes. I mean, more, okay, so more. Yeah, hair than the me. barber also told me that, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but you're Chris. <laughs> uh, no, but the thing I was going to say about that is, when I was a kid, obviously you're not conscious of things like potential hair loss, but kids don't. <laughs> It's not a thing any child thinks about, probably. But I remember becoming aware of that concept via I Love Lucy, like a rerun of I Love Lucy on Nick at Night, because uh, what was the na- with a male neighbor? I don't remember. The, in the married couple that lived next to them. Oh, um, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, wasn't that. I think they were the oh, fucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was Mertz. They were, na- I think they were, Ethel Mertz was the woman, maybe. Um, in any case, uh, you, you know. You need to remember that name to tell the story. I don't, but I'm, I was just saying, I'm, you know, there, the, the guy, the, the man, you know, he was like Ricky's best friend, I guess, or they were at least close friends. I don't know if they were best friends, but they were friends. And I remember there was, they had a, he's bald in the show and they had a flashback to him being a young man. And he, and he had like, you know, as a gag, he was wearing a full, like a toupee, like a toupee yes. that that was fictionally intended to be his actual real head of hair when he was 20 years younger or whatever. And I remember he is, he and his wife are, you know, picking at each other the way that they do. And uh, at one point he's like, well, at least I'll always have this head of hair. And then the whole, you know, the studio audience like goes <laughs> nuts. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, for some reason that is like the one memory. of like, that's how I learned about male pattern baldness. Yeah. I, that, that, that scene, like Crazy. whenever I, yeah. Whenever I like n- look in a mirror and notice like, Oh, I'm getting some grays in there. I just think of that guy. Being like, think, <laughs> <laughs> Always have this head of hair. Cause it was a thick, dark head of right. hair. Right. Man. Yeah. My memory of I Love Lucy is that the only like three times I ever tried to watch that show on Nick at Night, it was the episode where she got like 400 ovens uh, delivered ovens, to her yeah. accidentally. It's that one and the Vitamin of Vegemin are like the two. And the Vitamin of It's like whenever I tried to watch yeah. Green Acres, it was the episode where they were where he was uh, thatching the roof with pancakes that What's-Her-Name made. She's a bad cook, so, you know, her pancakes are gross. So like you gotta shingles. use them for shingles on the roof. Fred Mertz. That's, that was his name. <sighs> well... That's the best game of all time. 